When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws, feathers or fur, sharp teeth or feet with claws, whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves, then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows, have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck the censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a half a puff and a Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Welcome to the bonus episode of the Wolf and Our podcast um, Yow, welcome Now, we've had a little bit of an incident here because I, I am actually yeah. feeling, I've had a fucking roller coaster of emotions That you will not know about because Basically, we started recording this bonus episode. We've got 11 minutes in and uh, Tom realised that you hadn't been recording his side of the conversation. Now, yeah, um, but also, so it's a bittersweet, this thing for me, because, and it's really frustrating for, for, for myself, in a sense it is anyway, because... Well, uh, no, before you, before what, you like, carry on, all... what I would describe this as, what just happened, what you didn't hear, and we're going to get into it again, is what I would say is yeah. one of the most crystal clear victories and trouncings of Tom that I have had since the podcast started and since our friendships yeah. since our friendships I, I, I feel like you are if, if this is yeah if this is how you felt after cyberpunk I know now and I, I genuinely feel yeah what I would what I would say is what I would say is after the cyberpunk thing which I was uh roundly defeated and I didn't then go on to pretend I hadn't been recording so it'd never be released <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I hadn't been recording because this is the second one we were recording. I feel bad for that because this is probably so me, one of the so, most noble So let me tell you what life. happened. At King Gary rehearsals yesterday, um, we'll do a quick recap. Tom talked about Krispy Kreme donuts, right? Simon Day, who's on Gary, bought in Krispy Kreme donuts. And when Tom talked about these donuts, you described them as? Krispy Kreme. He said Krispy Kreme. I then picked him up on it, right? We then started getting into an argument about it. And then the people, the other people, Laura Checkley, fantastic Laura Checkley, Dame DeFront. Oh my God. Sorry, I just need, just broke my desk. They all said to us, oh, it's just like watching an episode of The Wolf Finale. At which point, uh, Tom and I felt absolutely sick because we thought it looked like we were trying to put on an impromptu uh, performance of the podcast, right? Yeah. And for me, it felt a bit like Ramesh knew he was wrong and he was weaseling his way out of being wrong. Right. Like, you know. so, then, so, so, then, so then Tom 
believing himself to be absolutely correct because there's no other reason why he would have done it. He then brought it up on the bonus episode just now, this thing that's lost forever, right? And he said, it's it's spelt like creme. It's it's no, mostly... It's, it's spelt like creme. And we've had so many arguments on this thing, right? And I'm still right. annoyed by it. And I'm actually... I don't, I'll never have a duck with one of donuts What again. are you talking and about? So, let, hold on, hold on. Let's, Mate, let, let's, done hold on. They are done let's for get to, me. Let's get to the end of this story first. And then you can talk about your feelings on it and how it's left you feel, right? So Tom said, it's most like creme. And I said, I agree with you on that. But I've only ever heard people say Krispy Kreme. And then Tom said, how insulting, how insulting for the company, the lord and master of all he surveys, the head of Krispy Kreme, coming up with a company name that he wants people to enjoy his donuts. And then lo and behold, people take the valiant name that he's created from his own good heart and they've prostituted it and used it for their own gains and called it Krispy Kreme. How insulting. I love the way I've become more and more like <laughs> Russell Brand in this impression. Started off like you were doing an impression of me stroke Ray Winston. It's ended up being like a lyrical Russell Brand. <laughs> so then he right. said, so then he Look, said, hold on. So then he said, I'm going to get an ad. fucking No, I'm not. I'm Tom, we've got a lost 10 minutes of podcast. I'm trying to bring these people know, up to yeah, speed, okay, all right? Okay. So, so then yeah. Tom said, I'm going to play the advert. He said, I've never heard this advert before. Let's see what happens. He found a YouTube video that had four minutes, like compiled... Uh, of all of the adverts and what happened is this I'll play it yeah go on when it comes to loving chocolate Krispy Kreme's got you covered introducing chocolate time every day starting at 4 o'clock Krispy Kreme turns into a chocolate lover's paradise <laughs> featuring the chocolate glazed our original donut hot off the line drenched in chocolate and topped the way you like it thinking chocolate think Krispy Kreme think Krispy Kreme Genuinely, that's it for me and Krispy Kreme now. How amateur and pathetic to just fucking like, like, and also for them to have their, them pulled up by myself. But call it K R E A M. <laughs> There's no em in there, is there? I, listen, mate, I'm going to tell you something. I agree with you. What's the point of the e? -M? I agree with you. I, I actually think, think you've got a point. It does sound more like it be pronounced creme. It's just weird that, because I imagine you've had Krispy Kremes. Countless times in your in your life, yeah. I love so how Krispy Kremes or Krispy Kremes. As I've, I feel like I've yeah, just but been Southern, you must, but I feel what, like I've been catfished. What this makes me feel like is I'm the only person that's actually a true friend because you must have said Krispy Kremes to other people, mate. I've been saying Krispy Kremes since fucking right, they came exactly. over here. All right, don't talk about them like they're unwanted immigrants. No, when they first got a big Krispy Kreme, creme now Krispy Kreme in Malden, yeah, right. I used to, I was one of the first people, the pioneers of Krispy Kreme. Okay. I'd be one of the first people, I'd turn up with a 12 box and everyone would go, oh, fucking hell, where are these donuts from? Can they not, I mean, it says it says it mass, it's massive on the box. All these fucking people. <laughs> anyway, so it's not their fault that you've misread their name, is it? But I just, I just, things like that just annoy me. But what I would say is, other people that you've said, you must have, I can't be the first person you said Krispy Kreme in front of. Mate, I've said yeah. it to thousands of countless people okay. on holidays, planes. Oh, can you imagine being sat on a plane? It's on your Petrol way to stations. holiday. You're, you're on holiday. Tom Davis is sat next to the pool. He's going, oh, you know what I miss? The old Krispy Kreme. I wouldn't have missed them, mate, because I probably had a three-pack on the fucking yeah. flight with well, me. And, and those people heard that. They heard you mispronounce it, and they didn't bother to correct you. So you just go on. You carry on in yeah. your life. Well, thank you. You have basically, you are, you've, it's like someone's told me I've got a big zit, zit on my, my face or a mm. bogey on my nose. Mm. You're welcome. But thank you. Opening my eyes to the fucking stupidity of 
I'm going to find out who the, the owner of it is and just, I, I genuinely am going to actually, and I will put the email up and I will email them. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? I'm furious about oh, this. Dear, dear, uh, dear Krispy Kreme, just so you know, I am, I, I was absolutely furious to find that as, as no direct result of anything you've done, I've been mispronouncing the name of your company for years. I would like to know what you, what you're going to do about my refusal to react to evidence that's clearly in front of me to mispronounce your name over and over and over again. Oh, do you again. know what? I'm just going to write. I'm going to say, look, you've, you've completely pulled the wall over my eyes with this name. Uh, I'm furious about it. It's like you don't know there's other places I can get donuts, like Dunkin' Donuts. Or is it Dukin' Donuts? It's a weird thing to be, to be angry about, I would say. I'm livid about it, like genuinely. I don't even, it's most annoying about that I've had to find out like this. Well, look, let me tell you something. I'll tell you something else just while we're talking about Krispy Kremes. Because while they've gone down in your estimation, they've actually gone up in mine because they've started doing vegan donuts. I got I got a box of oh, 12 wow. vegan crispy, crispy, crispy really? creams, crispy oh. creams, cream, and they were absolutely delicious. This, I'll tell you, you are so annoying with your <laughs> right. It's so frustrating. <laughs> Uh, all right, do you want to do some emails? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, this first email I read during the lost tape, uh, but I'm just going to go for it again quickly. Um, this is from Shireen Kadar, and it says, uh, Dear Tom and Romash, uh, your podcast is brilliant. Uh, it's the absolute antithesis of lockdown negativity. I'm sort of uh, paraphrasing here because I don't like reading when they... Uh, she's been very nice about the podcast, yeah. but I don't like reading it out loud. That's very kind of you. And Anyway, Thank you, what is the name of this bakery that Romish keeps pimping out? We all disagree. Is it Cluffman's? Kaufman's? I think this is how we got onto Krispy Kreme in the first place. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. It's actually Coughlin's. C-O-U-G-H-L-A-N apostrophe S. Or if, if you, you call it whatever you want, that's what everyone else is doing. It's so days. weird how you're, you're sitting direct opposition on two things. So it, people are allowed to mispronounce words or use different words however they want, whenever they want, because that's yeah, liberty. Yeah, yeah. But you're not allowed to pronounce the name of the company the way it's pronounced because, what, it offends you for some reason. Oh, no, if I'm honest with you, mate, whoever came up with, and I'm still going to call it Krispy Kreme because that is someone down the line, that's what they wanted it to be called and it just got paraphrased. Of course, of course, you're right. Everyone else is wrong and you're, right. you're correct. No, I get that. I, I used to have a God complex as well. <laughs> Right. I feel for, I'm just going to get in touch, actually. I'm completely going back on. I'm going to get in touch with a guy and say, did you mean it to be called Creme? I'll okay, tell you what, I'm, I'm going to message That's him on Instagram, all right? Uh, and I think we're going to get in, uh, yeah. we're going to get in touch with him. We're going to try and get a response from Krispy Kreme on here as to whether the yeah. origins of that, because I think, Tom, there's actually a genuine, real, very real possibility that they, they did want to be called Krispy Kreme, because I would agree with you that the spelling is like that. And it's possible that the Americanization or whatever, they just decided Americans don't like putting a little French stank on it. And so they yeah. want to call it crew. Do you know the thing that for me is that this felt like the one time that I was really fucking, like I was riding into town like like a fucking lone gunslinger. I'd, like, I'd made sort of my place on the street by saying that this is, I've got one over Rob here with, when it comes to pronunciation and fucking mm. spelling. It's very, very rare and to hear somebody pronounce my... pronunciation incorrectly, but you've managed it. Well done. <laughs> and I've had my trousers pulled down in the middle of the street instead of a gunfight because of some Wally brain <laughs> who has literally, like, foregone his dreams. I'm, I, now I completely question Krispy Kreme. Was it even meant to be like a high street donut place? Mean? 
Or is it meant to be lovely, delicious cakes, eclairs and stuff? What such? are you talking about? Well, I just get the feeling that he, at one point, it wasn't meant to be like donuts on a fucking highway well, services. He had like ideas of grandeur and he dumbed down just to can, feed can, the message. Can we just say, look, as much as I love Krispy Kreme, right? The, the name, I don't think you can start uh, Krispy Kreme. The name next makes no sense whether it's Krispy Kreme or Krispy Kreme. Who's ever said, you know how I like my donuts with the cream crispy? <laughs> no, the outside's crispy. But the, but if you say, if you say Krispy Kreme, no, if you say, no, hold on. Like, genuinely, we could do a podcast about this because it annoys me. You've got 12 boxes of the things. You don't even know what you're eating. Tom. The outside's crispy. The sugar snap, that's crispy. The cream's inside. Tom, the, the, yeah, but a ring donut doesn't have any cream in it. Yeah, but the dough's so creamy. What are you talking Now, you, even you know that you're fucking up now. Even you know. Are you, I know that you know because you went really big on it to try and sell it. Fuck you. I'm not having that. <laughs> right. So... <laughs> I, right. Well, maybe they should have just called it crispy, crispy creme, or crisp or crispy creme, crispy or crispy creme. or creme. That's what you think it should be called, like trick or treat. Yeah, I, mate. What I'm saying is the whole fucking thing is deceiving. Okay, fine. This is like a fucking uh, Nolan movie for me. In what way? So many fucking angles to it, and so many different things. Like who fucking is controlling the whole thing? Well, I, I assume it's whoever owns the company. Tom. I mean. It's not a difficult question. I'm going to fucking do some Well, let's look into, into it. So, Anybody yeah, got I'm, any answers, let us know. And also, we'd love to hear... anyone listen to this who works for Krispy Kreme, and we, will, you won't have to, we won't go on record with your name. We will, you'll be kept, kept yeah. anonymous. But fucking get in touch. It's wolfalpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, okay. The next email is from Andrew Gibson. Now, before we get into this, I would say yeah. that your uh, potpourri toilet story... Uh, it went big yeah. with the listeners of the Wolf and Owl, right? So a lot of people, yeah. I'm going to tell you now, I have had to go through a lot of stories about people's shit incidents, right? And and I know that I could have okay. quite easily brought along a load of those and we could have spent this whole episode talking about them, right? The problem is, is that you and I have a propensity to get excited about shit stories and then we forget yeah. ourselves. So I think we have to be sort of a bit strict with ourselves on this, right? Yeah. Anyway. Maybe we should do a shit special one. Oh, God, okay. I'll tell you if what, guys. So... If you're up for us doing just a, sh- a, a sh- like a, a scatological special of the Wolf and Owl, email us and let us know. And we'll do it. But what, what we'll have to do is we'll have to put loads of warnings on it because some people hate that sort of but thing. But I will t- say now, and, you know, leaving the Krispy Kreme shit where it lays, Rom has got some incredible feasal stories, so have I. So, and, and by the sound of it, so have you. So it'll be great. You know, I'm up for a scat special. I think I find what I found most upsetting about what you said is that you said faecal again, even though we've had a discussion about it being faecal. So what that suggests to me is that all of these corrections and this sort of help I'm trying to give you is utterly pointless because you just try and continue no, but, yeah, trying but to... Also, it's so annoying. The f- but none of it really matters because Chris Creme is like, you've just won an argument about it. It's like, like C is C, isn't it? It's C, not C. So faecal or faecal, right? Okay, and uh, how do you pronounce? How do you pronounce the name Christopher? <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. H yeah. get involved, and and, it? Do, and and how do you do? You enjoy cake? Yes. And what do you call it? Cake. It's sake. Yeah. Right. Cake. Okay. <laughs> the fact that you even attempted sake <laughs> to try and prove your point is so sad. Um, okay. Uh, so anyway, Andrew Gibson emails in saying, uh, hello, big fan of you both. 
Tom's toilet story on the previous pod, and we got a lot of this. Loads of people love that story. Tom's toilet story on the previous pod was amazing, but it made me want you to ask guys, ask you guys a question that splits my group of friends down the middle. When you take a shit, do you wipe standing up or sitting down? I'm a sitter, and I can't believe people actually stand, but I'm also surprised by how many people do. Can you settle the debate? Cheers, Andy. Okay, Tom, over to you. Um... I like to mix it up, but predominantly, I, I think I'm, I probably would sort of lean in the favour of standing. It depends a lot on the toilet paper. If you've got like quite a thin sort of like toilet paper that would fall apart, uh, then definitely sit because the worst thing is sort of leaving like a sort of like trail of sort of like, especially if you're a ferocious wiper. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of standing is where I'm at really, my brother. Okay, so I I can see the arguments for both here. Um, I'm a stander, but uh, what I would say is, first of all, if you're a sitter, the problem for me is I sort of fill the area that I'm sitting on quite a bit. So the idea that you would stay sitting and be able to kind of wipe and drop, I, I just think that the the, the ease yeah, of yeah. movement is, is very difficult. Um, so I go for a stand, but the disadvantage of the stand is the angle, you know, the you want to sort of. I can't believe. It. <laughs> if you, you bend. I sort of. I you bend over and spread I don't them. Bend over and spread them, but I sort of. I sort of. I, I would describe myself as a sort of slightly crouching, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you're really joking! Sort of... I need to see this. I need to see this. <laughs> really? I would say That's crouching because you can really get in there. Do you know what I mean? I would say as well, Gibbo, uh, if you don't mind me calling you Gibbo. But um, also, like in, in my past career, like the most demeaning thing was someone kicking over, open a sort of cubicle door, and if you're sitting on the toilet, wiping your bum. As I find that, like, yeah, you know, someone kicks over the door to take a picture of you. I would say, look, I mean, me, this is me it's personally. Me. I would say if you're t if you're on the toilet with your trousers around your ankles, the kicking open of the door and them seeing you is a humiliating part. What I wouldn't think at that point is, I hope they don't see that I'm wiping my ass sat down. No, because if you're peached up on one cheek with your hand, sort right, of like that's the humiliating butt, part. All of it's humiliating. But if you're standing up and someone kicks the fucking door yeah. open, boom. Oh, you, I see. I see. So it's a self-defense thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I would also say I, I I'm very I'm a big advocate of environmentally friendly uh, wet wipes. Oh really? Yeah, I thought that like was a problem. Like, I thought that was what's calling all calling uh, causing all of the um, yeah. That you can uh, get correct. Yeah, the environmental issues. No, no, but, no, no. But in the down in the sewers, what's that? What are they called? Oh, the little the the fatbergs. Fatbergs. I thought that yeah, was yeah. like so. Yeah, that is so that. Was, you're right. That is. But these ones are like the environmentally like they these are like. They they degrade or whatever you're called disintegrate. I, I'm a massive fan of a uh, of a little spray as well. Oh yeah, yeah, poopery. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't. I mean, an actual spray into the anus with water. Oh really? It's sort of clean up around it. Really? You do what from the sink? No, I, I sort of like. Or have you got like a little sort of watering can? No, I haven't. But people do have that. Yeah, yeah. What do you spray? Like, Paloma Faith. Paloma Faith has that. Oh, here we go. Name drop. No, no. I'm just, so you've no, had a shit around Paloma Faith's house. No, I haven't. I haven't. It's just that I was talking about, bizarrely, again, talking about shit and wiping your ass and stuff. And then on Instagram Live, and she like, she jumped on it. She like up, like joined and said that she she uses like a little sort of... What's, where do you get these sprays from? It's, I use a shower. I sort of, sometimes if I feel like I'm, you know, I sort of just give myself a little spritz. Oh, really? Hmm. I've never bothered with that. I mean, I... I, I I, I, what I tend to do is sort of wipe, 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 like walk yeah. around the 
bathroom for a bit. How many? Hold on. What, what are you doing with the toilet tissue? I'm like a. I'll probably go three ply. Three ply, and then are you are you taking a single sheet? Yeah, three ply folded up so it's thick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like that. Yeah, that's what I do. Okay, good. Yeah, but my point was, would you ever like want to go down and what are they called those berg things? Fatbergs. Fatbergs. Would you ever want to? It's sort of I've morbid curiosity of going down and sort of dismantling one of that, like how, be, seeing how they break those down. What? Like, I'd like to sort of see, see, like, go down the sewers and sort what, of face the berg, like yeah. actually go down there. Yeah, I, I think that's you want to like the sewers are massive, by the way, in London. Yeah, and they've got loads of them. So I just sort of think, how how do they even break them up? I sort of yeah. Okay, I I would I would Google that. Yeah, I, I would Google that. I, I wouldn't think. Oh, I must have a trip down there. Yeah, I but that's the trouble with Google. It breaks all the illusions, isn't it? There's like no to... illusions. It's not mad. Nobody's thinking, oh, those fatbergs, what a magical conundrum that I, that we're never going to figure out. You know, it's not no, like... But I don't... It's right, not, okay. It's maybe not de- I'll just take someone out for a pint who has come face to face with a fatberg. Well, there, well, there you go. That, that's something I could get on board and with. And see if, like, if he thinks I've got it in me to take one down myself. If anybody uh, has got some in-depth knowledge or could even organise at some point for, for Tom and... Not I was Yourself? about to say Tom and I. No, I'm not Yeah, coming. no, I think it's bad if I do it on my own and you don't come Why? with me. Why? Oh, it's fucking, it's a bit weird if I come back and go, oh, yeah, I, I took a fatberg, and then literally two weeks later, you're, like, crying your eyes out because you're jealous. First of all, why would it take me two weeks to react to you <laughs> talking about the fatberg? Yeah, but I know what you're like. You'd be like, oh, fucking hell, you got to do a fatberg, I didn't. <laughs> well, look, if there's anybody who's an expert on a fatberg, get in touch, all right? Just, yeah, hit us up. Okay, so, uh, Gibbo, thanks for your email. <laughs> This next email is from Peter Schnonneveld. Wow. Schnonneveld. Where is that from, Schnonneveld? He's not said. He's not said. This is actually only to you. Oh, wow. So, okay. okay. So, uh, hello, Tom. In the bonus email, episode two, you said there, was no, there were no working names for your fans. Um, he's got some ideas for you. Okay. Uh, Davies Deviants. What? No. <laughs> no, Peter. Uh, Tommyans. What are yours called again? Mine aren't called anything. We we the Vangalations or something like that. No, they're not my no, they're not fans. They're <laughs> they're just people on the show. Uh the Tom Titters. Just so you know, Peter, Tom's done a, a face there like he's found some dog shit on the roof of his mouth. Uh Davians. I quite like Davians. That's quite right. cool. Uh and he's and then he says, That is all, Pete. By the way, uh, Pete. Uh, thank you for that. That's very kind of you. I would say that you, or your surname, you deserve to have Snovellians or whatever they're called. Um, yeah, would you ever call your fans anything? Uh, how big would you have to get to start calling your fans something? No, it's a, <laughs> a lot bigger than I am right now. <laughs> Substantially, yeah, yeah. It would feel weird calling a group of like nine people or something. And then, and then, if you, if I you, feel you with did... my fans, I could know them all by first name. <laughs> if you, if you got to a point where you were doing that, when does that come up? Would you address? Would you say? Like, would you go, uh, Davian's new episode of The Wolf and Owl coming out on Instagram? No, 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 no. I don't think I could do it. I think people can do that. People can get away. I haven't got that in my locker. No, I don't think either of us have got that. No, I don't think either of us are able to it. Um, I, I still find it out. Genuinely, I find it. And I, and I will say, uh, you know, 
And I think one of us would agree. I I've, thank you for all for listening and tuning in. I still find it really weird to be, and I don't mean this to be at all like, like sort of faux humble, but I do find it weird that people do listen to two idiots just waffling and arguing. Mm. I love it. The fact you do is very kind of you, but yeah, I, so I'd certainly not in any way be able to go, Oh, Davians, get involved. And yeah. Um, Okay, uh, Peter Schnonneveld. I hope that answers Which your. Well, there's no, so. there's no question there. I said I was about to say I hope it answers your question, but there is no question. It's just. It'd be good to know where the old Schnonneveld's from, wouldn't it? Like, what's what's his story? The old Schnonneveld. I shall think about that in the evening. All right. Uh, okay. This next uh, email is from Kevo. Okay. <laughs> well. uh, and Kevo <laughs> says, firstly, these bonus episodes uh, are great. Cool. Da, 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 da. He's gone on to um to say some nice things that I can't bring myself thank you, to. Thank you, Kevo. Thank you, Kevo. So even if we don't read them out, it does mean a lot to us, so thank you. Um, the question that you answered last week about handing compliments was a nice peek behind the curtain of what it's like to be a popular entertainer who's still humble enough to get embarrassed by high praise. As a follow-up, does it ever get a bit weird when you're approached in the street by, and here we go, he's got some suggestions here, by random rangers or tomverts? I would Tom imagine Burks. that most... Tom yeah. is great. Yeah, it's good, Sorry, it? Peter, but Kevo's fucking smashed your boy. It's incredible. Pete's come up... Pete, Pete had four of them. Kevo's Tom just Burks. rocked up. Fucking knocked Tom you out of the park, I wasn't mate. expecting that from Kevo, I've got to say, but Tom no. Burks is G. Um, I would imagine that most people just ask you for a photo and make a friendly comment about your work. But has anyone said it or done anything to you to make you concerned about your own safety or so bizarre that you didn't know how to handle the situation? Have any of you had to deal with an obsessive fan before? Uh, I read... Also, are either of you able to leave the house without getting recognised anymore? And if so, does that put you any under under any additional stress? We all have those days where we just want a bit of peace and quiet. Blah blah blah. Keep doing what you're doing. Regards. Can Kevo. I just say quickly say, Kevo, you are a very sound, brilliant uh, gentleman. Like that was a not at all the email I was expecting when when we first read out the name Kevo. Yeah, I would I would say I would go as far to say as the look on Tom's face when I said your name was Kevo is sort of. No, it was exciting. I thought what? it was going to be. No, it wasn't exciting. No, it wasn't excitement. You just sort of were like, "Oh, what's this? What have you no, got coming Kevo, up?" You're absolutely an absolute legend. Mm. And uh, when we meet Guy for a pint, I'd love to extend the um, uh, offer out to you, Kevo, to come for a pint with us. You seemed like a rounded, decent chap. And uh, yeah, so that that threesome. Actually, it was a foursome already. I can't remember the other guy who's coming. I oh, know. Was it Craven Raven? Anyway. Um, well, look, yeah. I guess I guess in a way, Tom has answered your question there. Uh, with regards to how he deals with fans as he gets uncomfortably close to them and sort of tries to forge a genuine friendship. <laughs> you fucking prick. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, look, uh, yeah, I've had uh, experience with uh, uncomfortable experience. I did a gig once and... Um, after the gig, uh, this guy, <laughs> this guy said to me, um, uh, "Do you know where the station is?" Like I was like, "You know," I said, "Oh," because I was getting a train home, and I was like, uh, "No, I don't quite know. I'll, I'll be out to find it. I'll just Google it." Where he said, "Oh, I can show you. I know where it is and stuff." Well, oh, cheers, man. So um, I walked with the said guy to the train station uh, of whence I was performing, and then I sort of I sat down, and then um, he sat with me, and I said, "Oh, you know." Oh, you know, obviously he's getting on the train or whatever. And uh, he then opened, like, a bag of Quavers. And he was like, uh, oh, what's your favourite sort of crisps? And I was like, well, actually, what's it's probably. I don't mind Quavers. Then he offered me a Quaver. I said I didn't feel comfortable about having 
equation from his bag. Um, anyway, we sat there for and like you, and you thought that was And you thought that was a better thing to say than just no thank you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, carry on. Well, I didn't know the guy. I was just like, I don't sure. think yeah, Chris was just anyone. Sure. Like, I think it's a big move taking the crisps in someone's bag. It's okay sure, but uh, open on the, ta- sure, on the but I, table. Sure, but, but it's, it's, it's very rare that somebody offers you a crisp and you say, you sort of say, no, thanks. And then they go, can I just ask, can I get, an, can I just ask why that is? Could you, I wouldn't mind knowing the reasons why you don't want to take one of these crisps. I, that, I just no, no, I was it. talking quite big about crisps and I'm okay. a big crisp. I love crisps. All right. Um, I'd say that they're probably one of my favorite things in the world. Um, if not my favourite snack, by the way. Uh, so anyway, um, we sit there for a while, 25 minutes, half an hour. Uh, the train comes. I get on the train. He gets on the train back to London. And uh, so we're sitting there, um, and he goes chatting away and whatever. And I said, oh, whereabouts? Like, oh, you know a lot about the place we were in, but how, um, you know, whereabouts in London do you live? Are you from here originally? And you, you know, you live back in London? And he said, no, 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 I, I live back where we've just left. And I was like, all right. Um, like, oh, why, are you, oh, why are you no. on the train then? And he was just like, just to sort of spend some time with you. Oh, my and, God. And I was like, what was it like? Sort of like an hour on the train. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was quite, you know, get to sort of chat to you and stuff. And I was like, oh, right, well, great. And then he just sort of sat there and then just sort of started this weird conversation. And then my head had just completely fucking gone. Oh, I was my like, God. Were you, um, okay, were you, were you um, was there any part of you that was scared at all? Yeah, because like I'm like this is clearly like, you know, number one, he was taking a long time to eat this bag of crisps. By the way, yeah, and that's a, that is that is a red flag in any situation. Yeah, no, I, genuinely, I think if you if you if you really want a bag of crisps, you wolf it down. He was sucking every quaver, like it, like savoring it, and just sort of like. I mean, first it of all, then, that sounds absolutely disgusting. But yeah, yeah, it was it was disgusting. Um, yeah, but I was not gonna lie. I was like, this this is fucking weird. Like really, and this is before Netflix documentaries, by the way. So if I this this had happened now after all the fucking mad shit that we've seen like you know the you know fucking documentaries about people getting slain or whatever yeah I was like maybe this guy's like fucking got a you know thing for fucking stand ups that he just wants to fucking like hurt or he's, he was creepy anyway you mm. know but I, I always like give someone the benefit of doubt he, you know he showed me where the station is he was proud of his town it was sort of like you know quite a sweet gesture you yeah. know the crisp thing I found a little bit anyway so I'm like fucking hell man like so I sort of sat there and he was sort of like. We, you know, we talked. I tried to make conversation, and, uh, but I was like, "This is fucking weird." There's not many other people on the train, and then we get to London, and then I'm like, uh, "Okay, man, um, thank you for like, um, thank you for like uh, coming, you know, coming, <laughs> coming back with me to London." Um, yeah. Uh, and he was like, "There's no trains back tonight." What? Like, your yeah, what? This, this is your line to me now. I swear, mate. Well, You've done gigs all, all all your life, right? You've done well, all your life, but you've yeah. done a lot of stand-up gigs on trains, yeah. right? How often do you get a, a train back? It's the last train back, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, 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 okay. So I'm like, it's fucking mad. Like, you're in London. Like, what do you fucking want me to do here? Like, and he's like, yo, there's no trains back. I'm like, right, yeah. I mean, I didn't ask you to come back here with me. I didn't say for you. Like, I just assumed you lived in London. He was like, I don't even know anyone in London. And he started getting a little bit aggressive and shouting, sort of like, and I was like, are you, is this a right. true story, yeah. Tom? I swear, I can't believe this shit happened, yeah. man. All right, and I'm on. like, mate, I don't know what you like, what you want me to say. I genuinely, until we're on the train, if you'd yeah. said to me, I, you know, I'd say, oh, thank you for taking me to the station in a weird way. Like that's great, but I don't fucking. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'm yeah. fine getting the train back. I I fucking commute a lot of the time. Yeah. 
And then genuinely, he was like, you know, well, what am I supposed to do now? I was like, well, we might have to get a taxi. He was like, I haven't got money for a taxi. I was like, like, I don't know what to fucking say about that. Like, you know, you're like, we're in the middle of, well, we're not in, like, we're, we're at fucking London Bridge. Yeah. You, you can have to fucking whatever. And he just got quite irate and quite upset about it. Um, and then I just was like, bro, like, you know, I'm fucking, I'm going home now. So, you know, and he sort of tried to follow a bit and then, I was just like, you know, oh my yeah. god, yeah, it was fucking nuts. Like, like I was like, this is insane, because like, yeah, you know, I'd had a sort of pipe with quite a few, you know, after the thing, I'd, I'd had a drink with uh, like the other acts, and then some people had chatted to us. So you know, I'm, I'm an affable guy. He's, he's and but then clearly it was just, it was an insane thing. Jesus. And like, by the way, he was like, he had like that sort of way about someone where they. Quite affable and quite chatty, and you're like, but then sort of when they turn, you're. It's oh mate, I know, terrifying. I, I, I know that. I was I like, wow, you, yeah. you, and I'm not that way inclined. I was like, wow, you are like, you feel like if you if you flex now and you just went crazy, I'd give you five hundred quid to go and say at the Corinthia. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, fucking, I was in my head like, do I have to give this guy money to sort of stay somewhere, or is this a shakedown, or is he genuinely thinking that this is a friendship? That was, I've had a number of those weird times, but yeah. that was the worst one. I, I, I haven't, I haven't had nothing like that, but I, I've had, I've had weird interactions with people. I think some of the, some of the time you have to give people the benefit of the doubt because if yeah. they see somebody they've only ever seen on TV, it, 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 it makes people like react in weird ways. I think, you know, they, they think like they want to say something, um, they want to say something funny. I mean, part, part of the thing is if you're a comic, they want to say something funny or they want to say something yeah. memorable or whatever. And that can make them, that can often make people come across rude, actually, is the truth. I, I, yeah. I, I'd, I'd one thing where like, you know, I, I often get this where somebody will come up and we've talked about it before. Somebody will go, you know, I don't, I've seen some of your stuff. I'm not even a massive fan, but my mates are all going mad about it. So I thought I'd just come and say hello. You know, that kind of thing where they, yeah, yeah. that sort of negging thing is going to be. And I had one where I stood in a pub and this girl came up to him and she went, you're Ramesh Ranganathan, aren't you? I went, yeah. And she goes, you know, do I think you're funny? Um, I yeah. don't know, really. And, and I had this thing where I, I'd been, I was out with my mates. And normally I will accept pretty much any level of sort of, I wouldn't say disrespect, but if I, I sort of always give people the benefit of the doubt. But in that instance, she came up and like, into, like barged her way through into like, the group and sort of yeah. was holding court to, to her mates and now to my mates. And I just said to her, I, I I haven't been on this evening waiting to get what your verdict is on my career. So do you mind leaving me alone? And that's that's probably one of the only times. What did she I've do, sort of like, do to that? She she reacted like I was being a prick because, and I I get that because she thought she was being funny, and I just sort of slightly, I'd slightly lost my temper, not not lost my temper, my you know I'd sort of. I was a bit pissed off about it. So I reacted honest, you know, reacted. I wasn't polite. And so then she, she takes it to her, in her mind, she's like, I'm just trying to be funny with him. And he's being a fucking prick about it. Do you know what I mean? Like often people want you to be, they kind of want to see your mask slip or they want to see you being an arsehole because it's a story then. Do you know what I mean? I guess in some ways. Yeah, yeah. But like, I've had like loads of weird ones. Like we had, I had one, one thing where I was out with Lisa. We might have gone to watch Hamilton or something. And uh, we're getting a train back out of London, and this bloke sort of recognised me and sat opposite. Oh, that's sort of, and yeah. started going, oh, "I'm a massive, I'm like I'm a massive fan," and blah blah. I was like, "Oh, thanks, man, it's really kind or whatever." And then, but then I sort of thought, 
first of all, I don't know if I, if I'd have ever sat with somebody like that I recognised and chatted to them like that. But fair enough, I don't mind people doing that. But he wasn't going to go. Do you know what I mean? Like he was there then for the duration. Do you know what I mean? Even though I'm like, yeah. we're obviously dressed up for a night out. Do you know what I mean? Like it was. So he was like, he was just chatting, chatting. He's going. I was thinking about becoming a stand-up comedian, and I was like, oh, cool. And then he started like going, I really like Frankie Boyle. And I said, oh, okay. Now that is a, an alarm bell to me. Not because I don't like Frankie. I think Frankie Boyle's amazing. But this guy's a stand-up comedian that want that likes and probably wants to be like Frankie Boyle. That means he's going to start trying to do. He, he, like, yeah. he, like he's, do you know what I mean? Frankie Ball's amazing at what he does, but it's very difficult to do the stuff that Frankie does, yeah, right? Because in the basis that Frankie is probably, for me, one of the best joke writers there is, and, yeah, and exactly. knows how to walk the line. Because Frankie's got so much experience and, and is, you know, unparalleled in the extent of how he can do that. What happens is, and I know I've been exactly where you are in that situation. Some pe- people think, oh, if I just say a joke about this, yeah, and it's usually something that's pretty controversial and pretty. Yeah, and you go, well, you haven't got what Frankie's got. Frankie's yeah. an incredible, yeah. He knows how to phrase something and make something. You just swearing and saying something quite <laughs> vulgar isn't what Frankie is. Well, that, that, that's exactly what this guy started doing, right? So he started going, I've got, like, he started doing jokes to me, right? And it's all about, like, it's like dead baby jokes and, like, cancer jokes and, like, all this kind of shit, right? Well, and which like, isn't what Frankie does. No, exactly. Yeah. But that, what I'm talking, that's what I mean. That's yeah, his perception. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. his, like, in his head. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. His, that's his perception of what it is. So he starts telling me these jokes and I was sitting there going, all right, cool, cool, cool. And then I was sort of thinking, I don't really, it's going to take a lot for me to tell this guy to fuck off because he, he doesn't know that what he, you know, he's not got the self-awareness and what he's doing is annoying. He doesn't know. And so I, I sort of think to myself, I, I don't know what to, how to deal with this, right? He kept on doing it, kept on doing it. Eventually, Lisa just got like fed up and she said, look, I'm out with my husband on a rare night out. We're trying to have a bit of quality time you're kind of impinging on that evening. So do you mind sort of just leaving us alone? Wow. And then to be fair to him, he went, yeah, okay, sorry. Like he was actually really embarrassed and like went off, but I never would have done oh, that. Oh, good credit. Do you know what I mean? Like I was, I was so grateful. I was so grateful to Lisa for doing that. Do you know what I mean? Self-awareness is a mad thing though, isn't it? Like how, like people could not clock, like how, if people feel uncomfortable, like, even, like if I'm going to be completely honest, I'm like, not facilitator of it, but I feel like probably like you in that example. Like I, I, I haven't got it in me just to go. All right, mate. Thank you. Fuck yeah. yeah Whereas yeah, Catherine, yeah, yeah. Catherine can look like Catherine can do a look, and some will go, "Oh, okay, yeah, I've overstepped the market." Or, but I'll talk to friends and think, "Oh, maybe now I'm just being irritating," and I'll pull back. I'm, mate, a hundred, mate, a hundred percent. Sometimes I'll be out, I'll be like chatting, and like, and then I just think to myself, they could probably do a break from me. I, I genuinely yeah. like I genuinely yeah. like do that. It's, it's it's mad, isn't it? But I have a thing in my head and think if I've made three conversation starters, yeah, to their none, they're not invested in this yeah, conversation. Yeah. Mate, I mate. need to fucking walk away, mate. And and I think society would work a lot better if we had a barometer of going. You know what? I've talked about my dog, my fucking dishwasher, and the fact that I can't get mud out of a fucking pair of trainers. They've had no retort to any of this. Yeah. They are not invested in me as a human being. I'm going to fucking back off. I know, mate. It's so true. I I, I had uh, I had one where a woman came up to me, and uh, this is not like what you're talking about. It's just like a, a thing where I fucking <laughs> I, I just played it wrong. She came up to me and she said, "Do you know that you look a lot like Romish Ranganathan?" Right? And ordinarily, I, I get that you get that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll go, yeah, yeah, it's me. And for some reason on this instance, I went, yeah, I get to, I, I, I get told, I get told that all the time. 
And she went, you just look so much like him. I said, yeah, I know. I said, loads of people say that. And then she started telling me what she thought of Ramesh Ranganathan's career. Like, like oh, no. the, the stuff I'd done, but she doesn't realise she's saying it to me. So she starts going, you know, I like that. The travel show was all right, but sometimes I think he's just so grumpy. You just sort of think, just try and be nice, you know? And and some of the other, and, just, and I thought, why have I put myself in this fucking situation now? Yeah. I'm now listening to a fucking pricey of my career, man. This is mental. From, from, and it's totally from, my fault. It's totally yeah. my fault. You know, um, the worst version of that is like when I first ever started stand up, I remember doing it. I think I've told you before, but I was doing a gig. And you remember like when me and you started, or when we started out, you're not like, you're in the back room of a pub or whatever. And uh, I remember just sort of like waiting at the back of the room and uh, sort of, you know, people are sort of just sort of smuttering and not that many people. Anyway, this. The compare starts to bring me up, sort of, you know, next act is your new guy. You know, you might have seen him, whatever. Da, da, da. Um, he's a big guy. This guy uh, and his missus looked round and uh, he went, oh, my God, it's Keith from The Office. And then his wife just looked me up and down with absolute disdain and she went, nah, no, no, it's not. Like, really disappointed. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I, I, it was one of the worst gigs I've ever had. I just, it threw me so badly. Like the thought that number one, someone would, and nothing against him, but thought I was Keith from the office. Oh. But also that someone was so excited. The guy's face was glee. Like, oh my God, it's Keith from the office. The office was sort of, you know, five, six years old by then. But I just felt like nothing I do tonight is going to be as good as him thinking that he was about to watch Keith from the office. Oh, God. And if he had said to me, oh, are you Keith from the office? I'd have probably said, yeah, that's me. Yeah, you got it. You don't want to let him down, do you? Um, no. What I would say is, I know we've told a few stories there, but that is in the context of most of the time when you meet people, it's great. And and like, I would say 99% of people, we're very lucky to have a job where people come up to you and go, I really enjoy your work. And that is, yeah. that is great. So, you know, but you do remember the bad ones. But don't follow true. anyone home on a train. That's no, absolutely weird. not. Fucking insane. And certainly don't sit opposite them and start telling them and yeah. their wife some fucking shitty set of jokes that you've written about death. <laughs> Here is an email from Rick Wade. It's quite a long one. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm just saying it's, you know, so, you know, put your, lot, your listening ears on. Uh, hi, Rom and Tom. My name's Rick. I'm 34 and I'm concerned that I haven't achieved enough in my life to date. In November of last year, I managed to secure a spot in an adult apprenticeship in a sector that I'd been wanting to break into for some time. I was very ex excited about starting this new chapter and entered my new role with genuine enthusiasm. When my start date came round, I was introduced to the rest of the apprentice cohort and it was full of people in their early 20s who were lovely, but being around them gave me this tragic old man feeling. I was the oldest person there by a noticeable degree. I'm kind of the younger one out of my friendship group. Most of my mates are three, four years older than me and have been in their respective careers for a good 15, 20 years, building up decent lives for themselves. I had no clue what I wanted to do until a couple of years ago and drifted from crap job to crap job. Insurance sales, call centres, dead-end admin jobs, that sort of thing. Until deciding that enough was enough and taking some training courses to increase my employability. I'll be 36 by the time that I'm qualified and I'm concerned that if this doesn't work out, then I'll be approaching a point where I'm over the hill and missing out on opportunities in favour of young, talented people. I know this might sound daft and maybe being around the younger generation in professional capacity has affected me, but it's something that I worry about on a semi-regular basis. I'm from a working class background, wasn't born into any privilege and don't have a sense of entitlement, so I don't have these fears out of a sense of wanting things because I think I should have them. I'm also aware there are people there who are gen out there who are genuinely struggling and I appreciate that I'm very lucky to be given that sort of opportunity. Anyway, I'm rambling a bit. What I'm trying to get at 
is that I'll be 40 before I know it. And my only real fear is that I wasted my youth and didn't send the best, set the best possible example for my three children. As a couple of people have reached a milestone, that milestone and are successful, did you feel fulfilled when you reached this age? And do you have any advice for any people who have it on the horizon? Um, hope this email didn't bore you to death. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to me. Uh, Tom. What's the guy's name? His name is uh, Rick Wade. Rick, firstly, um, I can just tell by the wording of your email that you're a, you're a good man, Rick. And I, and I think, uh, you know, I can... Uh, I can sort of, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from because I, you know, I did what you did. I did for a long, long time of, of knocking around and up until I think early thirties, really sort of, I was doing stand up and I put my toe in that, but I'd, I'd worked a lot of the time on building sites and whether that's scaffolding or hog carrying or, you know, try, trying to be a plaster or a landscape gardener or trying to be a chef for a bit. I sort of didn't, um, uh, I didn't really ever know what I wanted to do till, sort of you know that I hit, hit my 30s I guess sort of around sort of your age and I think the thing that people forget is actually how much of living you've done what what you'll think at the moment is of like uh sort of waste maybe you're thinking oh, I've wasted time and you've wasted sort of like you know opportunities or whatever that that's not the case that's you've actually been living and I remember when I first got into stand-up there's a lot of younger guys doing it um some older guys like Ramesh. <laughs> but, uh, don't, don't do this. No, but and I think Ramesh would agree with this, though, on a serious point. That a lot of younger guys who were just getting out of university and were hitting stand-up. Stand-up had become sellable. Stand-up had become a job, so to speak. So you'd end up gigging with people who hadn't necessarily had much life experience. And sometimes I'd tell stories on stage or I'd have you know things that I'd done or jobs that I'd done or life experiences that, yeah, they'd all got oh, fucking hell. You've always got a story about everything, and and I was like, because I've sort of never, I've, I've lived, and I, I think there's a lot to be said about that, and I think there's a lot to be said that if you've now at the age you're at and you've got three kids and you've found something that you believe you're good at and you believe that you want to do, I think you, you'll be at success at that, and I think don't put too much pressure on that because I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to give it all, all building up and I'm going to become a chef. And I, you know, threw everything into becoming a chef. I ended up working at like the Connor in London and hating it, absolutely hating it. And then my parents uh, being like, what do you do? Like, how many things are you going to try and do and fail at before you sort of, you know, not in a way, bad way they were supportive, but it's a worry, isn't it, with kids? So I think um, don't put too much pressure. This might, this might be the thing that, you know, you find and it's the best thing you've ever done and you'll be an outstanding success at it and whatever it is one day, me and one will bump into you in a pub and you'll you'll be a you'll be buying us all the drinks or this might not be a thing but don't you know don't put too much pressure man There's, you'll find what's right when it's right and uh and you'll know it's right yeah um i would totally agree with tom um on what he said there uh i, I started i i was um same as tom i had like loads of other jobs before i started doing this i was worked in pensions when i first came out of uni then I started like working as I worked as a cost analyst, like an accountant for a, an airline caterers, and then I went into teaching, and then eventually I went into stand up. But the same thing happened to me as Tom is that I when I started doing all, and same thing that's happened to you, Rick. To be honest with you, is I went into starting doing stand up, and I was gigging with loads of guys. I was ten years older than a lot of the people I was I was gigging with. I was on the open mic circuit with people in their early twenties and stuff, and it's just what you. It's just one of those things. What I would say to you is to sort of echo what Tom was saying 
is that life isn't about your success in life isn't about your job or what you've got materially or, you know, whether you've got your house or your nice car and all that shit. All of that stuff really doesn't mean anything, to be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? And those things don't bring you happiness. You've got three children. You're happy in yourself. You seem like a nice bloke, right? And so there's loads of other things. We get caught, I think, personally, we all get caught up in these indicators of what where you're supposed to be at whatever stage in life and all that. You, you do yourself a massive favour by disregarding all of that. You're walking your own path. Do you know what I mean? And you're going to come to this thing. This thing, this thing might, you might be amazing at this thing that you're training at. You might not. Either of those outcomes are okay. Do you know what I mean? You go on and do something else. And it's not about having that, having that job and being at this. I know loads of people that went straight into the, the thing that they, that they started doing. They got the house. They got the, the nice car. They got comfortable. And they're not happy. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 there's loads of there's loads of other things that make up what, what, achieving something at a certain point in your life. So, what I would say is to you, I'll be honest with you. I don't, you know, you can't obviously you can't judge someone based on an email, based on reading what your priorities are and what you're talking about. You seem like you've got your shit together, man. Do you know what I mean? You've got children. You seem like a happy bloke. I understand why you're feeling insecure about all of that. I'm telling you this now, Tom and I both agree on this none of that shit matters man do you know what I mean just go and you know find whatever job it is that's making you happy whether it's this or something else there's no clock on this man you will you will come to the thing that you're supposed to do you will you you just need to you just need to focus on on that and enjoy the journey I know that sounds so wanky and stuff but like the whole the whole time that Tom and I have been doing comedy, if we, if you just focus on this end goal and you think this is the thing that I've got to strive for, I've got to get to this by this certain time, you're just never going to be fucking happy, man. It's just like about sort of enjoying it on the way. Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, I, I guess Tom and I are coming from the same point of view. Go, do you, Rick? Do you, brother? You, I mean, is that, how many times have you said that do you thing now? I don't know. I just think. Although it's... I would say it's not bad advice. Maybe get a tattoo that just says Rick does Rick. Yeah, that's a good... I mean, I would say, though, Rick, if you are surrounded by people a lot younger than you and then you get yourself a tattoo that says Rick does Rick, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a good look that the older bloke at work turned up <laughs> with that tattoo. <laughs> okay. This is the one... This is a good one to finish up on. This is from uh, Ewan Peacock. Wow. Uh, hi, guys. Love the show. Here's my question. Historically and biologically speaking, a wolf in its animal form would have a larger penis than that of an owl. I... <laughs> I'm not asking who of the two of you has a larger penis, but who assumes, with no physical evidence, physical evidence being comparing said peni, that they have the largest and bring the big dick energy to the room or podcast? Um, Which one of us do you think has the big dick energy in this in this? Uh, I think you do. It's funny you say that because I really do think you do. I see. I yeah. That all of my persona is built around the fact that I I haven't got the big dick, so I've had to sort of. <laughs> my, my dick I... is significantly disappointing to my stature. Yeah, I, you know I, when I... you see a statue in a in a in a museum or like you you're walking around an Italian city, yeah, and you see a fucking statue, and uh, this has got a tiny little penis and people are laughing at it. That's how I feel when I'm naked. Okay, that is uh, that's a lot to take in. Well, it's not a lot to take in by the sounds of it. It's pretty easy. But um, <laughs> um, 
But in terms of but you've big... got a swag though. You've no, swag. no, I haven't. I would say in terms of big dick, big dick energy. Do you know why I think you've got big dick energy? It's because you you are who you are, and you sort of own it. I think that's a big dick energy. Yeah, but what I'm, I, I'm so I've, I'm in essence a trailer for a movie that's not that good. But oh my fucking... god! Oh my god! <laughs> Do you know what I think? If I if I you know and listen. Um, God forbid that Lisa and I ever split up. And even if we do split up, I don't know if I could ever be asked to get together with anyone else. But I would say if I got together with someone, I showed them my penis and they were disappointed, I would say to them, the problem there is in your expectations. It's not my issue. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've, been cons- I've been consistent on this. Have you, what, how are you with showering like, um, <laughs> like a, like a health club or a gym? Or... Okay. Can I just, I'm going to tell you this now because you and I both work a lot with, uh, Freddie Flintoff and Jamie Redknapp yeah. and they're both sportsmen and there's something about the culture of sportsmen yeah, where yeah. they're totally fine about getting their cocks out. And I'm not, I'm not insinuating anything negative about that. Right. Getting their cocks out, showering in front of each other, pulling each other's pants down and all that. Can I just say something, just say on behalf of myself, and I don't know how you feel about some, I find all of that utterly fucking terrifying and horrendous. And yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 the idea of changing in front of other people, the idea of showering in front of other people, I find it absolutely horrific. And when we're doing road trip, right, and we're wherever away and we've got a shower, I, I will always quietly say to one of the production, is there sort of a lockable, sealable shower cubicle that I can wash myself in? <laughs> Sealable. <laughs> it's the lockable was all right, but the sealable. I do know what you mean. Like you can't go. I've sh- I've I've showered in the same room as Freddie, mm. but like spent the whole time. And I love Freddie more than anything. But I spent the whole time like worried about him taking taking a picture. Oh, no. But also though, work, working on the sites when I was younger was like the the d bagging and someone pulling your trousers down was just a constant fucking thing. Like that you'd have to fucking just just know that there's nothing worse than the one where you are carrying something that's heavy and someone comes up behind you and yanks your trousers down and you're like i'm standing here with like literally nothing on my bottom half <laughs> holding fucking five fucking scaffold poles just hoping that i'm fucking literally gonna have to like yeah you know, what can i i can't just hoping that the this. sort of the friction in my thighs has beefed it up a little bit <laughs> I someone's kindly enough to come and pull my trousers back up, which is the most indignifying thing to see in the world. So in, in general, the whole point of this podcast, I, I'd probably say, is um, you're dealing with two guys with small dicks and yeah. genuinely inadequacies in that in that department. So uh, who brings a big dick or, uh, energy? The audience does. Yeah. Yeah. You are bringing your big dick energy to two tiny dicked individuals. Um, Lisa's literally just walked in the room to hear me say that. Um, okay, yeah. uh, Tom. And nodded. <laughs> yeah, she's nodded and just walked out of the room really sadly. Um, okay. My G. My G, thank you so much. It's been a, it's been a ride. It's been a wild ride. Um, I'm going to go and have a crispy grim. Take care. Peace out. Enough respect. Magic. One love. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.